Oh, yeah, here we go for the Thursday show. Welcome to it. Time to get rolling. We are going to kick it off, as we always do, with some moto. The very next segment will feature Mr. RJ Hampshire of that Rockstar Energy Husqvarna team. I might add uh, RJ Hampshire, the only standing member of the Rockstar Energy Husqvarna team. And RJ's been banged up here and there throughout the year, but he's been on the bike and he's always raced. He's been consistent as hell, sitting at number two overall in the championship points. And man, he had a hell of a save too. We'll talk to him about that save he had. If you, I don't know if you guys saw it, but during the third main event, he got loose in the whoops, and it was it was epic. It was an epic save. It was you saw it. You're like, oh, he's going down, and all of a sudden he doesn't. It's just like, dude, nice save. But also talk to him about what's happening with him in the 450s now that Christian Craig is gone, and they no longer have a 450 team at all. There's no 450 bikes on the track. Uh, this weekend coming up in Atlanta, there's there's just everyone's hurt. Uh, speaking of everyone being hurt, I did see a post from Christian Craig yesterday who had a bad crash at practice in Arizona, and you're like, all right, he's going to be out for a while. He was already back on the on the uh, stationary bike, got his arm in a sling because he's going to have surgery on the elbow. But he remember his hip got dislocated too, and he was already back on the bike riding. So. I got a feeling we're going to see Christian Craig much sooner than we expected. But at the same time, you know, in the meantime, they've got to put somebody on a 450 bike and we'll, we'll see who it is. And, and, and I would imagine it's RJ. But does RJ give up his time to train for the 250 outdoor season? Or does RJ just move up and say, I'm racing 450s? We, we got to see. He's, he's had some success. So all of that will be addressed in the coming interview a little bit and we'll you know kind of see what's happening then i gotta go into my regular stories i have a good one there is a very prestigious honor from forbes magazine it's called 30 under 30 only it's not so prestigious anymore because just about everyone that they put on that list ends up being a fraud or going down in flames or getting indicted or going to prison or all of the above and I'm going to tell you about the latest member of that group that is uh, going down. Kind of weird. Kind of weird. All right, then I'm going to go to Florida because Florida is spectacular. And I'm going to give you a story about a guy that, uh, well, he broke into, robbed, and vandalized a police station. What could go wrong? What's crazy is apparently not all that much for him. He, he, he was really good at it. I have a bizarre story out of Germany that involves like nine countries, it seems like. We'll, we'll get into that, but it, it's a weird story. I also have a fun story about kids taking down their new principal. It's kind of hysterical, and it really makes the school board look really, really bad at their job. These kids did an amazing job. I hope all of the kids involved in this little project get A's, but boy, is it, it's, it's not a good look for this school. Then we're going to go down to Australia's mate, and we're going to talk about a bloke that got caught uh, wanking it, and I mean just wanking it, just going to town, wanking the wallaby, if you will, that's what he was doing. I didn't get into that story, because those are always fun, public wanker stories, and then I'm going to do something I do a lot, and I am going to advise, hey, Stay the F out of the ocean. 
Yeah, it's a great white story. And they know where it is, and they know it's the biggest one they have, like, being monitored. And they know where he's out there just cruising around right now. And I'm going to tell you where and where you should stay the F out of the water. And I know I got listeners down there because I just looked today. It was funny. Today before the show, I looked down where people are checking out the podcast. Now, not far from there, there's some people listening to the Stretch Show. So I'm going to save some lives. It's what I do. You're welcome. Right now, I'm going to save your ears and stop talking with my spa-like voice and drop a little rock and roll on that ass. So get ready, RJ Hampshire from the Rockstar Energy Husqvarna team coming up in mere moments right here on the Big 4-9. Big 49, it is Stretch, and right now we are sitting down with the 250 podium out of Glendale, Arizona, and the Triple Crown Supercross event. It was the final Triple Crown of the season. RJ Hampshire coming in second place tonight, uh, which has got to be kind of nice considering I believe the last Triple Crown we saw uh, you had a gnarly crash, ended up really injured, and then lucky for you in that sense was it switched over to 250 East after that, so you had time to recover and didn't really miss anything in the championship points, but uh, let's get back to tonight. Uh, how did it feel out there? What was going on? Yeah, no, it was a much better weekend. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just felt really good on the bike all day uh, besides that last main and, and that kind of, yeah, yeah it, it I wasn't too stoked on that, um, but overall, uh, the whole day and, and the week was, was solid, and um, yeah, all in all, it was a pretty good day. All right, let, let's talk about that moment you just mentioned you were not too stoked on in that last main. You had probably one of the greatest saves I've seen this season in the whoops. The bike got really away from you, and you somehow pulled it off and didn't go down. Uh, what happened right there? Man, I just seen the replay. I told... <laughs> Levi, like, man, it was it was bad. I didn't think it was that bad. I have no yeah. idea how I saved that. Yeah. But after that moment, I was like, all right, this tonight's not the night we're gonna get a win because uh, I can't I can't hold on to another one a uh, yeah. ride like that. But wow. uh, I don't know what happened, what changed so much from that second to third main. But man, yeah. I could not get through those things, and uh, that. Yeah, it kind of cost me the night. Yeah, but you still come in second. You salvaged the night. You didn't go down. You had a main event win tonight in the Triple Crown. So are you taking some momentum, you think, moving forward and feeling like I can win, like I can get this done and get some wins before this season is over? Yeah, like even the first main, um, I felt really good. Second main yeah. felt awesome again. Okay. Uh, I had to get that start the third main and I, I did not execute it uh levi was crushing us all night on the starts so uh i started behind um and two of the mains and and yeah. got beat in two of them so i needed to be up front and and i wasn't and yeah i mean kind of take the positives out of it like that first and second main i, I really felt awesome on the bike so uh we'll kind of build off of that and see what we can do in uh, new jersey all right, and let's talk about what was going on on the track. I know uh, earlier we talked to the 450s, and Eli said that was probably the most slippery, hard-packed dirt track he's seen since maybe one of the races back at Vegas. So it, that's saying something because it was very different than what we've seen all season long, especially. So how did you find the track, you know, with your, your hot and cold streaks you were having tonight? I mean, the track was fast. Um, it had a yeah. really good flow to it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I enjoyed it. It was fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, it uh, definitely dried out 
pretty fast. Uh, it was kind of one line in some areas, but um, I think the track raced really well. Um, okay. Just wish I was better in the whoops. I wasn't. Did not figure them out. Yeah. Um, but the rest of the track, yeah, I was stoked on it. All right, and let's look at what happened tonight. I know uh, your teammate, Christian Craig, went down in uh, free practice and before you guys even got into qualifying with a really nasty injury. Looks like he's going to be out for a while. That's been the story on the Rockstar Energy team this year. You guys have been dropping and, and getting hurt. Does that make you take pause at all to realize, like, everyone around me has gone down with a gnarly injury that's cost them some time this season? Uh, do, do you, does that get in your head at all? Does that play into things? Or is it just, you know, it's the business and it's what we do? No, it's our sport. I mean, there's nothing. Yeah. I mean, everybody goes through it. And just so happens that it's hit us hard this year. Um yeah, I mean, I feel sorry for this whole team. I mean, we worked really hard um, to kind of make a lot of progress from last year and um, to not have my teammates out there to show it is uh, definitely a bummer. Um, and yeah, especially to see Christian kind of go down like that. Uh, it's it's not, not great. Um, and he, I feel like he was kind of just now getting some momentum going. Um, but heck, just kind of look forward to getting healthy and uh, getting back out there. All right, and now speaking of Christian being down, is there a chance you race 450s the rest of the uh, you know 250 E season, like st starting next week? Can you switch back to 450, or is it too soon to have even talked about that yet? Uh, I mean, it's we. I mean, we talked about it. We were just going to focus on racing outdoors on yeah. 250, um, but we'll we'll kind of take it day to day now. Yeah. Um, after Christian's going to be out for a little bit, so. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I don't really know yet. All right, and coming up, RJ, we're not that far out for you guys. you got one more race for the 250 West, and then it is the East-West Shootout. Uh, do you look forward to the East-West Shootout, or is it just another race? You know, that's the time we get everybody together and you guys battle. You were sitting overall at number three in the points, uh, number two in the points here in the 250 West, but is that something you look forward to, or is that just another race and you got to do, you know, the best you can? Yeah, I mean, it's it's always cool to, uh, I mean, that's pretty much our whole 250 class, and yeah. uh, I think it'll be exciting, uh, a lot more battling. Um, hopefully we can uh, be up in the front battling. Uh, all West, yeah. all three of our, or four of our West Coast guys can uh, yeah. At least put on a good show. <laughs> You've been putting on a good show. You put on a great show tonight. I know you didn't like the show you put on when you got loose in the whoops, but that was spectacular, man. That was like stand up and give that the slow clap because you pulled that off, and it, it was something to see. Congratulations, uh, RJ, on saving a number two for tonight and for staying at number two in the points for the 250 West. I got a feeling we're going to see you sooner rather than later, probably on a bigger bike, but, you know, that that will be uh, that decision will be made later, I guess. So thanks for the time for talking to us. Best of luck next week. Uh, if you are racing, I am Stretch. This is the Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme. Big, 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 big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Saw a really good clip of a interview with Cooper Webb of the Red Bull KTM team over at the Gypsy Tail podcast. And I gotta tell you, it was solid. Cooper talked about being the master of the head games. And then he admits that the only rider he's never been able to touch with his Jedi mind tricks is Eli Tomac. 
Coop admits that Eli is unflappable. No matter what you do, you can't get Eli. And he says if you try to get in his head by racing him hard, he just races you harder. So if you want to get in Eli's head, I guess you just got to beat him because if you come at him hard, he's just going to get mad and then beat you. So good luck getting in Eli's head. Great interview, though. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Uh, it's time to take a trip, my friends, down to Wankerville. Down under Wankerville, if you will. We got a guy that was walloping the wallaby. He's publicly shamed, too, and, you know, rightfully so. When you pull your dong out and spank it in public in broad daylight for an hour, uh, things are going to happen to you. There's going to be negative repercussions to that. And this guy is finding out that exact thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm looking at the uh, the like the newspaper article on it right now. So he's at the Rockdale train station in Sydney, Australia. Seven o'clock in the morning. He looks a little well crap faced, if you will. It was just uh, Sunday morning. He had been out drinking the night before with his. A boss went over to his boss's house. Apparently, they drank all night. Then he decided, you know, to do the right thing and walk to the train station and wait on the train. Here's the problem. Uh, His name is Kip Perrin. They got his picture. They got his name. He's 49 years old. And when he got to the train station, he was waiting on the train. You know, on Sundays, those trains don't run as often as they do the rest of the week. So you're sitting there waiting and, you know, you're drunk and you're horny. You mean so horny? Where he got the music playing. He says, I know what I'll do. I know where I'll pass the time. I'll just sit down here on the ground. I'll take off my shorts and I'll want my wallaby, mate. That's what I'll do. Yeah, that's what he did. Problem was, it was a, well, train station. You know what happens at train stations? There's lots of people around, there's also lots of cameras around. And uh, Mr. Parent just went to town, started grinding them out. So people start calling the, the 5 0. And the 5-0 roll up. And they begin to uh, question Mr. Parent. Like, hey, what are you doing there, you wanker? And he's like, oh, me? Uh, Nothing. Why? Well, they arrest him for indecent exposure. And he told the officers, yeah, I went out drinking last night with my boss. And I got uh, no idea what happened after that said I left my boss's house at 2 a.m. Well, it's now 7 a.m. and you're wanking it at a train station in Sydney. So he's like, nah, that didn't happen. They're like, no, no, that did happen. And so they show him the closed circuit video surveillance camera. They're like, "Uh, there you are right there wanking it. And he's like, that's not me. I've never done that before. No, he's never wanked before in his life. So imagine that. You're a person like, you know, sometimes there's people who are violent or whatever when they get drunk, but typically they're normal. They're great people. This guy's never wanked before unless he's drunk. He had to get drunk to seduce himself. Well, after he watched the video, he changed his mind and said, all right, I'm guilty. He pled guilty. Now he's had to come back and be sentenced next month back to court. And here's the bad part for him. I mean, the whole thing's bad. You don't want to be the public wanker. Not even Moto Man wants to be the public wanker. He wants to be the private wanker. He's your private wanker like the Tina Turner song. I'm your private wanker. I wanker for money. That's what I heard. That's a Moto Man song. But uh, this guy, so the 
newspaper gets the story and they apparently find his social media and they got pictures of him with his kids, pictures of him with his wife, pictures everywhere, the whole family. And they're like, this guy's a public wanker. He was crying and went out at the Rockdale station in Sydney and, and they break the whole story. That's where I got the story. But you're like, damn. Yeah, maybe uh, this guy shouldn't drink anymore would be my thought. At that point, you should just be like, you know what? I should probably not drink. I should probably curtail my drinking activity when I'm wanking in public and don't know it. Even when I never wank before in my life. All right, coming up next, let's get into some kids that need uh, uh, like a job. Happened at a high school in Kansas. We'll talk about this next. It's the Big 49, yo wankers. The Big 49 Moto Minute Brought to you by LBZ There are questions out there that aren't totally answered yet With that Rockstar Energy Husqvarna team This morning we talked with RJ Hampshire And kind of asked Hey are you going to move up to 450s now Because think about that That's the obvious choice at this point You've got the entire 450 team down with injury now from the Rockstar Energy team. You've got most of the 250 team down with injury. And it really is the only guy they have is RJ Hampshire. And remember, he made a debut earlier this year on a 450 at Daytona and blew it out of the water. The dude's very first race on a 450, he gets a heat win. And then he comes back and has a solid night. So... I anticipate them moving him up to ride 450 while the 250 East are racing here for the next few weeks. But then again, do you sacrifice outdoors? There's some decisions to be made by that team, and we'll see what they are in the very near future. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Uh-oh. Oh, I love this song. Greatest cartoons ever. It's a big 49. I'm Stretch. Right now, I'm going to tell you about a little bit of a mystery we got in our hands. It's just like Scooby-Doo. This is what it is. Well, actually, the mystery's been solved by some meddling kids. Here's what you got. Pittsburgh High School in Kansas. They hired a new principal. And when they got the principal, the students are like, well, welcome. By the way, uh, the principal makes $93,000 a year, which is a pretty fat check, especially living in Kansas, where it is no California as far as the expenses go. So here we are. They bring the principal, and the first thing that happens is the students want to get to know their new principal, so the school newspapers sit down, and they decide to go do a interview with their new principal. And they start digging, and the principal's like, yeah, okay, well, uh, I have my master's and doctorate degrees from Corlins University, and then I do this. Well, what happens is the kids then start researching, and they're like, Corlins? I've never heard of Corlins University, which is weird. You would think, I don't know, the school board that hired this principal would have done this stuff? They would have checked your credentials? Yeah, you guessed it. So the kids start digging, and the kids start looking into, you know, doing that investigative reporting called Googling it. That's what's incredible to me. There is Google at the fingertips of every human on the planet. You can go to a library and get it for free if you don't have an internet or a computer. It's pretty easy. 
to get your ass onto Google. And, well, these kids uh, broke it down, and they realized when they found uh, Googling Corlins University that it's what they call a diploma mill. It's a place where you can order certificates and diplomas. It's not really a university. So now they have a principal making $93,000 a year that doesn't really have the master's or the doctorate that they claim to. They are a fraud, if you will. And by the way, when you get kids who are professional cheaters, they want to cheat, and they, you know, they get nailed for anything, too. Kids are always getting flagged for plagiarism and all kinds of stuff. You've got a principal that is the biggest hypocrite on the planet because they don't really have a master's or a doctorate that they have claimed. So when the kids start digging and they realize this person's going to, they say she's going to be the head of our school and we wanted to be assured that she was qualified and that she had the proper credentials and they found out, yeah, all of this is baloney. It is a big hodgepodge of nothingness is what it is. These kids uh, busted this story wide open and the teacher, as she was being hauled away, said, hey, I would have got away with it too if it wasn't for you meddling kids. And she would have, but she didn't because the meddling kids stepped in and did something that should be embarrassing that none of the, you know, people that hired this lady uh, did. And, and I like to, she doesn't ever really admit any wrongdoing. Uh, she just says that uh, due to a situation that has been, her name is Amy Robertson. They say, in light of the issues that arose, uh, Mrs. Robertson has felt it was in the best interest of the school district to resign her position. So she gets hired as new principal. She has a meeting with the kids. The kids launch into a three-week-long investigation to this university because they want to make sure it exists because it seems weird to them. It's also a university I've never heard of, but, you know, I'm not a person of academia. I remember I am a, a community college dropout. And they find out it was just all a hogwash. Yeah. They say they were not out to get anyone to resign or get anyone fired. They were just working really hard to uncover the truth. They are like a dog with a bone. They got their teeth in it and they weren't letting go. And these kids are from the journalism class there at uh, the high school in Kansas. Pittsburgh High School in Kansas. It's confusing that it's Pittsburgh in Kansas, but, you know, it is what it is. So shout out to those kids. I hope they all get like extra credit or a bonus because they saved that entire school from being having basically a fraud perpetrated against them. So shout out to those young kids. Way to go. Way to work. Way to hustle. On stretch. It's a big 49. The man urged. report. Right, this should be kind of interesting. Jake Paul, fresh off of the first loss of his career, also the first time he ever fought a real boxer, is now signed to fight former UFC fighter Nate Diaz. It is going to take place August 5th in Dallas, Texas. And it should be good because Nate Diaz is not going to get knocked out. And he is a tough as hell mofo. Granted, he's 38 years old. He is not a boxer. But we'll see if he can stand there and trade toe-to-toe -to -toe with Jake Paul and hopefully knock this bitch out finally. Right, this is kind of funny. Former Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger decided to take things into his own hands when the Brentwood neighborhood he lives in had a big old pothole that was wreaking havoc on their cars and bicycles. He said, 
So he got his guys and he went out there and filled it with cement, put some sand over the top of it. And now they say, hey, jackass, that wasn't a pothole. That was a trench for work we were doing with the gas company. And now we got to go out there and reopen it. So no good deed goes unpunished, Mr. Arnold. And you got to love the douchebag Philly sports fans. The Phillies game had dollar hot dog night the other night. And instead of eating the dollar hot dogs, which are normally like eight or nine bucks, they decided to buy a whole bunch of them and have a giant fruit fight in the stands. And they just started bombing them everywhere because the Philly fans are notorious D-bags. The Man Entertainment with Stretch. Bit 4 9. Time to go down to Florida where Rick Ross is, where every day he's hustling. Used to be the 5 0, now I'm a slinging yayo. Rick Ross. Yeah. Let's get into this. I got a guy that's hustling harder than Rick Ross, and that's hard to believe. I don't know if this guy's blinked out with gold and a grill and everything like Rick Ross, but. I know he was blinged out with a bulletproof vest and some stolen uniforms he got from the police. Yeah, good story, man. This is great. This is your what the Florida fist full of Florida of the day. Joseph Moulton, 36 years old. He got a little liquored up, but then he got a great idea. F the police. That was his idea. F the police. I'm going to go rob the police. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to show them what I really think of them. So he went down the police station, Naples, and he hit out. They say he jumped the fence of the South parking lot, and he went inside. There he found an unlocked patrol cruiser, and he sat in there for a few minutes, and he saw some people coming out. So he ducked out of the patrol car he was hiding in, and he hid in some bushes. And then when the coast was clear, he went to the back door. He decided, oh yeah, I'm in now. He's now in the police department. He went from being inside a police cruiser to inside the police department. And he was like, F the police. Did I mention that? That was his move. F the police. He said, I'm going to show them. So when he got in the back door, he kept it propped open and he walked back outside and there was a garden hose. And he turned the garden hose on and then he ran it in the back door and let it run. So started flooding out the police station. At this point, no one sees anything. 5-0 can't even protect the 5-0 in Naples. He then begins walking around in the back, uncontested. There's no one back there. No one can see this guy. Goes into the men's locker room, made himself at home. He took a shower. I, I got a feeling he maybe he was a vagrant or something. He's like, I got a nice shower in here. And you know what else I got here? I got some clothes. So he got some clothes, but they weren't just any clothes. No, they were a uniform shirt. Stole some pants, stole a hat, got himself a bulletproof vest. Bulletproof vest alone was 900 bucks. And then he decides, you know what I, I really need to do? This is inside a police station. I really need to take a dump. And you know what there is? There's bathrooms inside a police station. Hell, there's showers because he just took a shower before he got all dressed up in his stolen police uniform. Well, then he decided, all right, before I leave, I got to take a dump. So he walked into the ladies' bathroom and he just dumped right on the floor. Big old growler. Just a big old ripping growler right on the floor is what he did. Took a big old dump in the ladies' bathroom floor. And then he said, ha ha, F the police. That was his claim to fame. And he rolled out. And that was, no one caught him. No one saw him. No one caught him. Now, granted, in hindsight, 
All of this was caught on video because there's cameras everywhere at the police station. Everywhere. You can't go anywhere to the police station. There's not a camera on you. So this dude, hustling like Rick Ross, got his new police uniform, and he bones out. Down the street a little ways, he rolls into a 7-Eleven. Uh, and this is where the police began to figure out what happened. One employee, not a police officer, an employee at 7-Eleven, sees the guy inside 7-Eleven, believes he's under the influence, and there's something suspicious about him, you know, the fact that he's wearing a police uniform and all, but he doesn't look like a cop. So they call the 5-0 and they're like, hey, there's a guy down here that's like really messed up and, and I don't know, something's up. You guys should come down here and check it out. So the detective work here, not done by the Naples Police Department, but by a clerk at the 7-Eleven. Hey, bro, you should probably come down here. Yeah, that guy, he's not the police officer. Okay. Oh, yeah. They get him back and they realize this dude had been flooding out the police station, taking a dump on the floor, stealing from the men's locker room, taking a shower. All unnoticed by the bumbling police. By the way, shockingly, the Naples police are not commenting on any of this or anything further on the, you know, it's a, it's an open investigation. The open investigation is how the hell did a guy get in the police department, take a dump on the floor, flood it out with a garden hose, steal a bunch of stuff and take a shower and not get caught? There are questions to be answered here. But they don't know that. So good news, if you're in Naples, Florida and something's up, go to 7-Eleven. Don't go to the police department. Because they may not be able to help you. They're like the Keystone Cops, apparently. The uh, 7-Eleven guy, very, very observant, though. He'll blow that spot up. He'll call the police and tell them what to do, and then they'll do it, and, and then voila. Guys like Sherlock Holmes or something. Ah, <sighs> boy. You know what, up next, going to run back the Chase Sexton interview from yesterday, HRC Honda's Chase Sexton. We'll talk to him, and then we'll get back to the stories. It's Thursday. Weekend's coming. Atlanta Supercross is coming. It's the Big 49. Big, big, big. big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Looks like Jet Lawrence is as superstitious as any other athlete. Saturday in Arizona, instead of wearing the gear set that was all set out for him to wear that day, Jet decided to wear gear he had previously worn and won in. The strategy kind of worked too, according to Jet. In the first main, he wore a set he had won in, he raced and he won that main. Then he got off track in the second when he wore a outfit he had raced and won in before and then he had not a very good main event number two so for main number three he went ahead and wore the outfit they had originally picked out for the day and he gets the overall win and now has his first ever triple crown win in his young career so it worked it didn't work i don't know superstition is kind of funny like that i'm stretch another moto minute brought to you by lbz is coming up one hour from now Big 4-9, it is a stretch show here on a Thursday morning, getting ready for tomorrow, which is Supercross Eve. And don't forget, Supercross is hella early this week. Uh, noon gate drop for the Pacific. That means 10 a.m. our coverage will start. God, I hope I'm awake. I may sleep right to the races at noon. I'm, I, I'm not kidding. What kind of crap is this? Started races so early. Supercross a night sport. You know what's night? Noon. 
You know it's not night? Three o'clock in Atlanta when the race freaking starts. That's not night either. Numbnusses. But that's what they're doing. So we will be covering it. 10 a.m. The coverage will start here in the 49. Myself, Moto Man, Kyle. Ah, drinking my liquid death today. I'm back on the liquid death. All right. Let's get into this story. This story is weird just because of the complexity of all of the countries involved. Let's go to Berlin, Germany, where officials saw a van driving. They pulled it over. And inside the van, they find a 31-year-old driver with no driver's license and no paperwork. He is Ivorian. Do you even know what that is? I didn't. I had to look it up. I thought it was what it meant, but I wasn't sure. That means he is a citizen of the Ivory Coast in Africa. He's driving a van in Germany that he had just driven across the border from Belgium. And so they pull him over. There's another country involved here we'll get to at the end of the story. And they find he has a thousand pounds of unrefrigerated fish in the vehicle. You know what that smells like? That smells like the most stank, dirty uh, punani you've ever smelled in your life. That's what that smells like. A thousand pounds of unrefrigerated fish in your van. I'm assuming he's driving in from Belgium to sell somewhere in Germany. And it gets better. So the police, once they realize this guy is, well, an illegal, illegal alien. He's got no paperwork and no driver's license. He also has no insurance on the van that he's driving. And they start going through and they find it stinks like Punani, only it's unrefrigerated fish. So they start going through and then they find underneath all of the stinky unrefrigerated fish, there is cooked bats. There is cooked bats. So he's got 2,000 pounds. I'm sorry, it's 2,000 pounds of unrefrigerated fish. And underneath it, there are cooked bats, you know, like bats, like Ozzy Osbourne. Vince, I'm playing Ozzy. Like, I bit the head off that bat. Maybe he was bringing a delivery to Ozzy's house in Germany. I don't know. I know Ozzy's from the UK, but maybe he has a house in Germany. He's Ozzy F. and Osbourne. Who knows? They brought in a vet, and uh, they're like, oh, yeah, that's a bat. They had to bring a, a vet to the scene, and then they confiscated the bats and the fish. And the man now is being held to where he's going to be deported to Italy because he's registered to live. So he's from the Ivory Coast of Africa driving a van out of Belgium into Germany with no paperwork or identification whatsoever. And then they find he is a registered uh, person in Italy. So he's now being handed back over to them. This guy's just a European nightmare. A ton of fish, 2,000 pounds of unrefrigerated fish. That is some stank. And I don't know who eats bats, but I'm pretty sure after the whole Hong Kong virus or whatever the hell they call that thing out of China, Wuhan virus, that uh, I wouldn't want to be eating bats right now, cooked or uncooked. I don't want to eat a bat. Bats are gross. Yeah, there's a lot of things I look at, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to eat that. That's gross. Mm. So there you go. Note to self, if you're in Germany, watch out for stinky fish and bats. From an ivory and dude. <laughs> it's the Big 49. Big, 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 big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. 
Shout out to Ryan Sipes. I saw some video of him up on a bike putting in laps at a track, and it seemed like a very emotional moment for him because for 14 months, he said, that's all he thought about was getting back on his dirt bike. And he said there were times that it felt like it wouldn't happen, and it was a very sad thought. Says he's got a long way to go, but swears he will race again. Remember, he broke his pelvis and then had multiple surgeries, and it didn't heal right, and it's been a very long road for Ryan Sipes. Good to see him making that headway and getting back to his goal of racing a motorcycle again. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9, it is a stretch show here on a Thursday morning. Ah, man, getting ready for the weekend. I am psyching up already. I am right now already in the middle of my 30-whatever-hour day that I do every Wednesday, Thursday. I'm powering through, powering through. Going to do what I got to do. Right now, I'm going to save some lives. I'm going to try. I get very depressed in my attempts of saving lives. Ocean experts have issued an urgent warning to tourists after the largest great white shark that is currently tagged and being tracked has rolled down to a very touristy destination in the Bahamas. And they've been tracking this guy for a while. He's about a 1,200 pound great white shark, about 13 feet long. And they put a you know tracker on him four years ago to find out what he's doing, especially since he's the largest one they've ever tagged. And he's cruising around. They say around Monday night of this week, they pinged him near Andros Island in Little Bahama Bank in an area of shallow water near Mangrove Cay. Now, here's the good news, and I, and I like this a lot. <coughs> Authorities in the Bahamas are now urging members of the public to practice extreme caution. It's like the Bahamas are stretched. I'm sorry, Bahamas, they're not going to listen to you. Saying if you're going in and around the waters of New Providence and the adjacent islands and caves, uh, keep your effing head on a swivel. There's a giant man-eating great white shark swimming around out here. That's what they're saying. They say this advice comes following a fatal shark attack that happened in the area in June 2019. Say this year several incidences have been reported, but none fatal as of yet. You know, I don't really need it to be fatal to know, like, I don't want to lose my foot like the guy in Hawaii. I don't want to lose my leg. I don't want to get eaten whole like the dude in Australia's. Yeah, they say this thing is so big that when they tagged it, they call his name is Iron Bar because he's so big that when they put him down, they had to use a giant iron clamp on a metal bar to hold his jaws down so the thing couldn't eat them while they were trying to tag it. And they say at the time, even then, being as big as he was, he was covered in scars and dripping of blood from having a fresh fight with probably another great white freaking shark. This time, too, just for the record, he's traveling with a smaller female great white shark, and her name is Maple. She's way less ominous. She's only 11 feet long and 1,200 pounds. Yeah, she's she's tiny compared to Iron Bar. Yeah, Iron Bar. We put an Iron Bar in his head to keep him from eating us while we can tag him. 
He's one of the uh, few population of great whites that they track on the regular that swim up and down, they say, from Canada all the way through the U.S., down past Florida, down into the Bahamas. Right now they're vacationing. It's a lovely time of year to vacation in the Bahamas and eat some Bahamian tourists. So if you're down there, head on a swivel, bitches. It's not just stretch now. It's the Bahamian government jumping in on this, too. Finally, somebody else is sounding the bell so I don't sound like such a nut job. But people don't listen. It's very hurtful. All right, I had to get out of here. Final hour of the stretch show. Up next, RJ Hampshire. And then I'm going to pack it up and go home. So I got my long day ahead. It's a big 49. All right. Big 49. Time to pack it up and get out of here. Final hour of the stretch show coming to an end. You can check us every single day from 3 a.m. till noon Pacific. You can get the podcast anywhere podcasts are served. They're all over the place. Shout out to my Canadian homies. Got Canada. We got Belgium. We got the UK. We got uh, Parlez-vous Francais. We got people popping in from all over the world on the Stretch Podcast. And that's just the podcast. That's not even the 49 because the 49 is worldwide too. If you like rock and roll and you like motocross, you can tune in to TheBig49.com. On Saturdays, we live stream race coverage. And then we put the videos up of that. We have a vlog. We got all kinds of stuff. The website's a good place to go check out too. It is TheBig49.com. That's where you can see the vlogs. Because those aren't hosted anywhere else. And then Moto... Uh, man does moto rants on there about everything going on in motocross and results and all that stuff. There's a stretch show section that I, I hardly get to. I'm not gonna lie. I do run our Instagram account. You can follow us at uh, Big Forty Nine Radio. That is the Instagram account. We got stuff everywhere, man. We are trying to use all terms uh, or all all ways of different mediums to reach the people to bring the motocross and the rock and the extreme to the entire planet and we're doing a pretty damn good job of it but we do need your help tell your friends about it pass it along it's like the it's like someone's passing a vape around a concert and they're like take a hit and pass it along but the only thing is our vape won't give you an std like the ones at coachella will heads up it's coachella time we're getting ready to head into that people are going to be getting herpes from passing around the vape pins again it's always funny Dude, speaking of Coachella, out there after Coachella, then there's Stagecoach, the big country festival. Then they're having that big rock festival with Ozzy and Metallica and Tool. There's just like all kinds of rock bands. Uh, dude I work with told me he is going to the that big show and the tickets were $1,500 each. And that's a festival. It's not like you're getting a good seat. $1,500. My God, I'd have to sell a kidney. There's no way I can afford to go to a show like that. It's a two, it's a multi-day festival, but still, that's expensive as hell. All right. I'm getting out of here. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Till then, God bless you all. God bless the United States of America.